Frank, you are back. How did the drive go? Ooh, that was a harrowing drive. Actually, <laughs> it was half boring and half harrowing. The boring part is uh, Kansas, Nebraska, you are lovely states, but my goodness, your roads are very straight and endless. <laughs> I didn't think I would ever get through those states. And then I got through those states, hit a snowstorm, got stuck for a day, hung out, and then got moving and drove through more mountains than I care to ever drive through again. But either way, I had a lot of fun. I saw a lot of the U.S. I did over 6,000 miles. Uh, great times, but I'm happy to be back in dark and rainy Seattle. Nice. Yes. Um, well, I did get a photo from you and I saw it and I was very confused because you had a smile on your face and yet there was tons of slushy snow on the road and your car was what it looked like in a ditch. And I <laughs> literally freaked out and I texted you right away and I said, are you okay? Is everything okay? Do you need me to call help? Like what is going on? Cause it, it looked like your vehicle was destroyed. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's my bad photography skills. I, I thought I had parked it very nicely. Yes. Partly in a ditch, but that was just to get off of the road. What happened was I decided that I wanted to see Mount Rushmore Mm. And I was driving through the mountains. You have to do like uh, 10 or 15 miles through the mountains to go see it. And it was snowing and it kept snowing. <laughs> and there was a big hill and my car barely got up the hill. Then there was a bigger hill and it really barely got up that hill. Then there was a third hill and I was like, you know, <laughs> swinging the car around trying to get it up this hill. And that's when I saw I had six miles left, and now was a good time to stop trying to go up the mountain in my tiny little car, not fit for snow driving in the mountains. And that's when I parked it lovely on the side of the road, took some happy pictures. <laughs> and then uh, the trick was, you know, th those big hills that were hard to go up were hard to go down. Also, <laughs> I had to just ride the brakes the entire ways because, again, the car was not fit for the conditions, and it was fun fun in quotation marks. Yes. I still am looking at this photo and I, I mean, I may have to make it the artwork for this on mergeconflict.fm if you <laughs> allow me only because in, if you see this, you even see skid marks coming from the road through the slush of where your card is at. Frank, look at this photo again and tell me that it is not you in on the side of the road in a ditch because your car <laughs> why would it even be it's it's literally horizontal to the road yeah yeah it's horizontal so i, I gave myself options i could go down the hill or up the hill oh you know God. options options no. cars don't go down the hill sideways you have to be pointing in a direction it's a safety maneuver mm-hmm Mm -hmm. I, I, you later gave me other photos where it, it appears as though there's a road over there or something else. But regardless, Frank, I know you don't have snow tires and I know you don't have chains because why would you have chains? It's October. <laughs> I grew up in upstate New York, so I can handle this. this yeah. I, was, I was born for snow driving. Whatever. I grew up in Ohio and it snows in Ohio. I mean, as worse as upstate New York, but still, and I am never ready for snow ever. I am terrified all the time. I can't wait to get snow tires on this year because I definitely am paranoid. I just hate, I hate snow, but I do like cross-country skiing. So that's a conundrum in mind. 
Yeah. And I mean, it, it was all, I didn't want to take risks or anything. That's why I decided to come down the hill because uh, the day, uh, two days after this, when I actually did drive out in the mountains, there were just accidents left and right. So it, it mm. actually is pretty dangerous. But uh, take your time, go slowly, and take an extra day in a hotel like I did <laughs> when yes. the snow gets really bad. Well, I am glad that you are safe and sound and back home. And while you were away, Frank, I actually started playing heavily with .NET 6 and C Sharp 10 features. And that is what I want to talk about today. Now, I don't want to just go feature by feature. I'm actually going to really narrow in on a few here because what I've been doing is uh, my team works with a few other teams here at Microsoft and we work on the Microsoft Learn content for .NET Microsoft Learn is like free self-guided learning for basically anything .NET. There's there's Xamarin, there's there's Blazor, there's ASP.NET, there's basic C Sharp .NET stuff. And I've been updating a few modules and I've been updating them to .NET 6. And those ones are specifically like ASP.NET. I've been doing um, like just simple file new council line ones where we're teaching dependencies or debugging or, or just different different things like that. And I've been really digging doing file new, exploring these templates. And I do think that even though C Sharp 10, uh, according to the docs page, doesn't have that many lists of features, when you sort of combine it with some of the new stuff and features in .NET itself, it kind of blows my mind a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so .NET 6 C-Sharp 10 episode, that's funny because just today, um, when we're recording earlier today on Twitch, I was doing my own keeping up with .NET 6 because I don't want to fall behind and <laughs> I haven't built anything actually kind of big in .NET 6. Usually I just kind of mm. install it, uh, file new console because, as you said, go keep track of the templates. James, that's impossible. There's like 8,000 templates now. <laughs> yeah. If you do .NET new dash dash list, and whoo, that is quite a list on there. Um, I, I try to keep up, though. I, I read through the list. So today I wrote um, a little Blazor app and had a lot of fun using, honestly, like even just C-sharp 9 features and uh, not too much 10 stuff, but definitely just getting up to date on all that kind of new stuff because I do love my F sharp, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of amazing how C sharp has grown. And I know it's gotten a bit of gruff. I want to address both sides. Some people have said the language has gotten a little complicated, mm. but I kind of disagree. I, I really love all the new features of C sharp, but whatever, let's deep dive. So what, what were you thinking about? All right. The first thing I want to talk about is file scoped namespace declarations, Frank. <laughs> okay. Okay. This this is cool. This is cool. This is decreasing the amount of code, decreasing the amount of curly braces yeah. in code. <laughs> I am always about removing curly braces and indentation. It there it is. That's indentation. It. That okay. one. That yep. one. That's the one. That's the one. Like <laughs> it actually only removes one character of code. Because previously you'd say namespace, my namespace, new line, squiggly, indent, all your code, de-indent, mm -hmm. de de another squiggly, right? So now you can just do on any, 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 you know, file, any CS file, you just do at the top of it, namespace, my namespace, 
semicolon and you're done. And that basically scopes the entire file to that namespace, right? So the indentation is the cool part where now you don't got to indent. It's one less indentation, which you know what, Frank, indentation inside of code editors, you want all like you don't want that indentation. Like, you know what I mean? Like I want to see more of my actual code that matters because a tab of nothing for no reason doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's it's true. I I I kind of used to think of it more as a, a Java thing because I don't know why. Anytime I want to make fun of C sharp, I, I tend to call it a Java feature or something like that. But the amount of indentation needed. I'm Look, I'm going to do my best not to say it, but I just have to. It's a great feature from F-Sharp that they've taken <laughs> because it's so liberating getting rid of all that indented lines and everything. Oh, yeah, especially those people that use uh, eight space tabs. Oh, boy, it's just going to make all documents easier to read. Uh, there are a few caveats. I, you said it right. It's um, This goes at the top of the file, and it makes the whole file that one namespace, which is fine. <laughs> Technically, if you use the curly braces, you can put multiple namespaces into one file, mm -hmm. but no one ever does that. So this is just a good feature to, you know, save a few bytes across the world, at least, you know, four, one to four, one to eight bytes <laughs> per line of code in the world. It's good. It's an environmental thing. Yes. Yeah. So they don't really allow you to do, once you go all in on this, you're not allowed to do the mixing and matching of namespaces in that file, right? You can have another file that has normal namespaces with the curly brace with multiple in there. But again, I'm with you. I never do that ever. And I never have nested namespaces. That seems crazy to me. I try to even avoid nested classes. That doesn't seem good to me. I mean, I think the thing that is really cool is that you can have namespace and then class interface struct and just all of them down the line in the file and it's just right there immediately. And I don't know, to me, those pixels matter. Like you said, they're important pixels that I want to have back. And now I have them back, Frank. <laughs> That's funny. Yep, yep. Uh, this is all going along. Um, I don't know why I, I blame the ASP.NET team. They were trying to get their single file web server project. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of these things along those lines where Basically, you're trying to make uh, C-sharp look a little more Python-y or like one of the scripting languages specifically, mm -hmm. where you just start at the top of the file, interpret, 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 and get down to the end. It's not how C-sharp works at all. It's not how .NET works at all. But it's kind of neat that you can do programming language tricks to make it act like that. Mm. And to exact that point. Like that. Yes. Look like, not act. Look, look. <laughs> look. Yes, you're right. Well, and to that point... Uh, the next feature that in this vein, I think really is about getting to what you just said, which is how can we get an entire app or a web server in a single file and make it readable and pretty is global using directives. <laughs> and this is you know, anything at the top of your file, you have using system, using system collections and all this other stuff. Now, Frank, how many times? Have you gone into a file and had to use an add add manually using system.link? It's it's the worst, James. It's absolutely the worst. It's probably one of the worst parts of the feature of the sorry, the language. It's not just that, it's uh system collections generic. 
mm-hmm. uh, system collections concurrent. Uh, basically, math. all the system collections. Yeah, system math. Thank you. System. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to have the guts to use this on a uh, existing code code base because I'm I'm just scared. <laughs> I'm scared of uh, namespaces and all that kind of stuff. But on new code, a hundred percent, I'm all in. And if we haven't been clear, what you do is you just put the keyword global in front of uh, any of your usings that are normally at the top of your file. And all of a sudden that gets applied project wide. That is, they should call it like super global or like, are you sure what you're doing is right here global, but it's just called a global yeah. and oh boy, it's going to affect every file on your project. Amazing. Yes, you can do. Yeah. And so what a lot of people have been doing is they'll create a just to give an assembly info.cs. A lot of people have been doing global usings.cs and they'll put all of their global usings there. And you can have not only global using um, system.math, you could also have a global using static system.math too. Yeah. And okay. So that one's pretty cool. I, I like that. The one that has me like the most excited, though, do you know uh, type defs from C and C++? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, get, give a name to a type. Sometimes types get long, especially when you're using those generic things. And so you've been able to use aliases uh, for a while to create like uh, shorter names for types. Or mm-hmm. if you have a type conflict to kind of rename a type so that yeah. you don't have a type name conflict. That happens a lot you know, with the point and the color classes out there. Thank you, everyone, for not prefixing your class names. Anyway, uh, so put that global in front of it, and all of a sudden you have, you know, Maui color, Xamarin Forms color, UI Mm -hmm. color, you know. You can actually keep them all separate from each other. That'd be amazing, and I really need to start using that. So now you said you were scared, Frank, to start to do this in your apps. I've done this on a large scale application <laughs> that we're building for the .NET Conf keynote. And let me tell you how freeing this is because <laughs> you just literally go into your file and what do you see at the top? Namespace, myapp.viewmodels. And like, that's it. And like, it just, it just is such a beautiful thing in your code you scroll to the top and you're at the top of your code that you care about because nobody cares about usings. They're so stupid, but so important <laughs> at the same time. We just want to see our code, you know, because you can build up this huge thing of all this stuff. And you said, no, just get rid of all of them. I don't want them. Put them all in there and boom, they're gone. And it's amazing. Frank is literally the best thing ever. Do it in all of your apps right now is the most amazing thing ever. And it's just, it is just literally so freeing because you open a file. You don't have to scroll. You don't have to scroll, Frank. The code is there. It's just amazing. It's amazing. I, I, I can't follow that up. Um, I, I can't be that passionate about no, it's 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 it'll be good. I, I I have faith that I can put this in and use it tersely. I feel bad for the compiler, honestly. Oh gosh, its symbol table is gonna be so big. I feel bad for the IntelliSense engine. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's going to have 8 billion symbols. But you know, the the bright side is I've been using um, GitHub Copilot a lot lately. And so that that kind of cuts through it all. You know, the, 
it can it can live with eight million symbols in the global space. That used to be the whole reason why we didn't pull everything into namespaces. And it's always kind of bothered me the people that put like, you know, two classes in a namespace and have a hundred namespaces. I, I never thought that that was actually very well organized code. So it's nice to know that if I ever run into a library like that, I can just put a bunch of globals in front of all their <laughs> namespaces to make the thing actually usable. I, I wonder if they'll ever, oh, whatever. I, you know, now that we have global, I kind of want a local. I want to be able to specify which files can see it. But, you know, that's getting too complicated. I'm going to take this for what it is. I'm going to enjoy your pure scripting language world and get all my code to look like well, that. Okay, there's, there's a few things here that I want to mention on too is, is that I am not putting everything in a global using. That is not my thing. What I'm doing is I've opened the app and I said, let me open just a few files and what is some commonalities between all of them. And it's all that stuff, right? It's the system, system tech, system um, um, link, system.collections, all that stuff. And you're like, you know what? This is shenanigans. And I just get rid of this. Now, other things, you know, especially with 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 uh, Maui or Xamarin Forms, right? How many times do you add using Xamarin Forms? Oh, guess what? It's in every single file. Like, of course, you're li- it's a Xamarin Forms app. Bring in the namespace. So you might as well do that. Or S- Xamarin Essentials, bring it in. Never have to type that again. But the more important thing is that, again, things that I'm not bringing in is like I'm not bringing in like certain data cache libraries that I'm using or JSON.net or, th- or just things that I use in one or two files I don't need to do that. I'll just just you know put them over there. But the the bigger thing that I think is really important is that some of these um, using statements, like link, for example, they're extension methods on things, and you don't see the extension methods unless you have the using. Same with like ASP.NET's dependency injection. There's a lot of extension methods, and unless you have the using statement, you don't see them. So to me, these global usings actually help un- unwrap and unveil a lot of features that you may not know about. And that, that's a key win to me for me. Oh, yeah. You just struck me straight through the heart right there. I've been doing a, a, a bit of that. Uh, gosh, I, I don't even know which library. I think I was uh, playing around with Maui. But from the tricky side of trying to implement a new backend for it. So granted, the thing I'm working on is kind of ridiculous. But at the same time, Oh yeah, everything's an extension <laughs> method now. People have really adopted the interfaces and then extension methods on top of interface kind of world. And in that world, you better have the usings in there. So you got me. Okay, that that's a good selling point. You should be in marketing. All right, I'm going to blow your mind one more time. But before I do, let's take a break and thank our amazing sponsor this week, SyncFusion. That's right, SyncFusion. They've been here for the last 18 years with us hanging around, making awesome things for you so you can make your apps even more awesome. They have literally the world's best UI component suite for building powerful web apps, desktop apps, and mobile applications, including .NET MAUI. That's right. Boom. They just released their .NET MAUI preview packed full of charts, graphs, and all the things you know and love from their Xamarin um, component library, but they got all sorts of things. You know, they got the charts, they got the graphs, they got the Excel, PDF, Word, PowerPoint. They got all these extensions that, that you just need in your application. They got carousel views, expanders, list views, parallel VAX views. 
pop-up views, avatar views, a whole calculation engine, image editor, a PDF viewer, picker. Oh, they got a whole freaking Kanban board. Come on now. Now they do this for anything. You got web, you got the blazer, you got the ASP.NET, you got the JavaScript, you got the Angular, you got the view, you got the .NET Maui's, you got the Xamarin's, you got the Flutter's, you got the UWP's, you got the, the WPF's, the WinForms. I mean, I, all the, all, everything. They got the whole kit and caboodle. Now, where do you go to learn more? Simple. Syncfusion.com slash merge conflict. That's it. Syncfusion.com slash merge conflict. There are links in the show notes below. Thanks to Syncfusion for sponsoring this week's pod. <laughs> Thanks, Syncfusion. Wow, that was amazing, James. Yeah. I'm 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 ready to go get all the Syncfusion now. Gotta get it. Um implicit usings. Do you know about this? Uh-oh. I think you got me. Wait a minute implicit using let's think that through what could that possibly mean well we have two uses of usings the one we were just talking about when you want to import libraries or open up statics or create a type alias for something the other using is when you want to use the dispose pattern Hmm. I'm I'm going to lean toward it you don't know you don't know no don't guess don't even guess okay I give up what is it okay this is actually, I tricked you. That's why. This is not a C-sharp feature. It's a framework and .NET project, C-sharp project feature. Oh, it's a project thing. This is even scarier. So like MS build kind of thing. Okay, here's what happens. When you create <laughs> a brand new Blazor app, ASP.NET app, a console application, you will now see a tag in the CS proj called implicit usings set to enabled. Now, here's what's really cool about it is that- I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I'm jumping ahead of you and I'm, I'm just, I just wanna be on record. I am so scared right now. <laughs> so the framework creators, ASP.NET, Blazor, .NET console, they've created a list of using statements for namespaces that pretty much everybody uses in their projects and they are brought in implicitly for you. So what this means is that in ASP.NET, you'll never have to bring in ASP or using Microsoft.ASP.NET.dependency injection because it's implicitly brought in for you automatically. See, namespaces were a bad idea. We should just throw them all out and have implicit usings on everything. This is fantastic. I yes. am here for this, especially for that ASP.NET, because they do have a lot of namespaces on that team. Um, okay, wow, this can be heavy-handed. I really hope, you know, like Newtonsoft JSON doesn't do this necessarily, but for frameworky things, it makes a little bit of sense. It's still a little strange. I'm glad that it's at the project level. So if you find it icky, you can probably just turn it off real easily, yep. I'm assuming. Um, and it sounds like it's opt in, not opt out. So it's off by default. So that's the safe part. The good part is, yes, fewer ASP.NET. <laughs> yes. That's good. <laughs> yeah, so it is. So it's going to be opt in and just like nullable, nullables and things like that. But for file new, those things have been turned on, which makes a lot of sense, especially if you're creating mm -hmm. a brand new project, you probably want the new hotness. So for example, what's really cool about this is there's an example, I think of, um, of what ASP.NET brings you in and it's, and it's system 
system collection generic, system IO, system link, net, HTTP, threading, threading tasks, system net, HTTP, JSON, then, you know, a bunch of the ASP.NET stuff. But what they did is they said, hey, when you do file new project, look at all these using statements that are brought in. Let's just automatically bring those in to this project to clean it up and make it look pretty. I mean, that's what I think they did. I don't know what exactly what they did, but to me, it makes so much sense. And what's happening here is that it is generating them. So you can go into your OBJ bin directory and you can like look at, you know, all the files or all the, the using statements that are being generated for you automatically in a, like a global using CS file, basically. Oh, that's funny. So they actually leave the artifact around mm-hmm. in the OBJ directory. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. I, I, I steer away from that directory ever since that uh, crazy um, <laughs> NuGet JSON file <laughs> was put there with all the version information. It's just like every project has this wonderful 100 kilobyte file that lists every NuGet package on the planet mm-hmm. and how they're all related to each other. Anyway, uh, that's good that you can actually see a little bit behind the curtain there. It's not all just happening in memory. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I've, so what we've concluded on this episode is namespaces were a bad idea, and we're all just gonna come up with distinct long names for classes for everything, right? Um. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> now, Frank, here's where things get magical. I don't know if you remember, there was a feature of C sharp nine called top level statements. Do you remember this? See, I get confused on which language version had this, but because I haven't been using them enough. And I am actually really here for these. They use a fun part of IL code where you actually just get put into a module where you might not even have a namespace. So again, and all namespaces. But um, <laughs> what's interesting is that you can actually put data there to fields and things like that. So I am familiar from that point of view. What what are you doing with it now that's going to make me squ- <laughs> a little squeamish? Well, one, top-level statements are the most amazing thing to teach uh, C-sharp and .NET features because you do file new and there's not all this junk in it. And there's yeah. literally now a single line of code because previously, let's say you wanted to do console write line, you would need a using statement that <gasps> said using system, then wait, console write line. Go ahead. Wait. Are you, are you going to tell me? I'm, I'm just, I don't want to get my hopes up, James. Are you telling me that write line is finally a global method available in a file new project? Yeah, just right. Well, I think it is still console.write line. Oh, okay. Fail cakes. It needs to be just right line. <laughs> um, well, I should probably actually um, t- see what happens here if I do. Uh, let me see. Let me ls. <laughs> let me dir cd desktop. Um, uh, I guess I got to go to d colon cd user slash James. Is that, uh, Real time coding here. Real time yeah, demo. I'm like, no ah, demo fails. <laughs> uh, make dir test. Make dir test. CD test. Test 22. Um, um, okay, then I got to do dot net new net. console. Mm-hmm. And then uh, code dot. Yeah. Okay, and then I open up VS Code. And okay, so what shows up here is console.writeline. And that's it. There's one line of code, and that's all there is. 
because there's no using statements anymore because there is implicit usings in there now. Now, I agree with you. I kind of think maybe there should be a, you know, using static system, but <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that just yet, but I want to say I just did done a new console and it gives me one file that says console right line and that's it. That's all you get. And you just write code. And it just does it. You put classes in there. You put anything you want in there. It's all with no indentation. It's amazing. There's no namespaces. There's no main method. There's no anything. It just is all there. Nullable, nullable is on. Implicit oh, using is on. All on by default now in .NET 6. And this the thing is, it's if it's not on by default, it might as well be off. You know what I, I mean? Know. And now it's on and it's amazing. Default template, top-level statements. You can always not use top-level statements. That's fine. Write, write, write the thing in there. That's fine. You can write the class and the static. That's fine, too. But it's beautiful, and I love it, and I'm all about it. You, you really won me over with the, uh, is Nullable really on by default? Yes. Yes. Oh, every, that's yeah, so every good. One. Yeah. Nullable. I, I, I had so many null reference exceptions today while I was coding in C Sharp, and I just felt like Nullable had, has to be on by default. So that's good. And that's funny. I thought I had a .NET 6 project, but I was still putting Nullable enable at the top. But I agree with you, James. You know what? I'm, I'm even going to retract my I want right line to be global because C Sharp is an object-oriented language, mm-hmm. and people should get used to the it's always target.method or target.property that is what all data access looks like in the language. So it's it's fine. If you have to teach the concept of uh, methods always exist on something, let it be an object or a class, then fine. That is one concept you have to teach someone. I always try to minimize the concepts, but fine. Console.writeline. Yes. Clean enough for an object-oriented language. <laughs> yes. And then also done a new Blazor WebAssembly or Blazor WASM, nullable, Enabled, implicit, implicit usings, enabled, and the startup class is gone. Literally, a Blazor application is 11 lines of code. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be bigger by the time you ship, but that, that's a good starting point. Yes. <laughs> I love that everyone's back to the aesthetic that I've always wanted, so good job, everyone. <laughs> I don't know. This is... um. You get you just get tired of the cruft, right? Like we we were talking about just indentation and how we were tired of that one line of indentation. Well, how about eight billion using systems out there? It's it's just cruft. It doesn't need to be there, and it's good to see all the tooling being upgraded to handle it. I'm still a bit afraid of the MS build throwing a bunch of usings into my code, but as long as it's just the ASP.NET people mostly doing it, I'll be okay. Yeah. Probably. I'll be everybody eventually. Oh, the RX people will do it. I know they're, they'll do it. They're just, just going to jump in. They will. Yeah. You know, and, and I think here's the cool part about it is sort of these top level statements to me, they're really kind of introduced at least as a console type of thing. Like, why would you do that? But now we're starting to see it on with all these other features in C Sharp 10. It makes a lot of sense because, hey, what if you're, you're, entry point of your application is just some code, right? It's just like, here's some stuff and then run it and go um, run whatever's in this file and then it'll figure out from there. So that's exactly what, you know, the ASP.NET 
um, web APIs are doing the blazer applications. And it's like, why do we have a startup and a program? And like the, the startup just calls the program. Why isn't that just a single file? Oh, because the legacy. Well, no, now, now it's all just there. Right. So that's, what's really, really nice about it is to me, it all makes so much sense. And yeah, I just, so I just pulled up, um, there's all the global that, that didn't format properly in my Zencaster, <laughs> but you can get a, 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 something there. So what happens is, is it'll do, uh, in your generated code, it does project name dot global usings dot G dot CS. So that's generated oh. for you automatically. And w- we neglected to mention the other giant using out there. I mean, system for sure. System dot link for sure. What's the other huge one? System dot threading dot tasks. Yeah. I still find it so insulting that like a, a native language feature, async methods require this three word <laughs> using <laughs> at the top of every file. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of fun that that's getting put in there. Now that's for console apps. Any word on what Maui is getting or will like a Maui app get most of this stuff or like a iOS.NET 6 app, something like that? I don't know yet. The .NET Maui, since it's still in preview and an elongated preview, I know they haven't adopted these features yet, but I know that they, I'm assuming that they will, you know what I mean? Sure. Just because it would be kind of weird if, if it didn't. Now the question is, will they, update like the 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 xamarin or the ios and android ones because it would be nice for android there's a bunch of android namespaces and a <laughs> bunch of ios ones too i don't know someone had to make the call do you include ui kit <laughs> you know what i mean foundation foundation oh, put foundation in i'm so tired of foundation probably <laughs> yeah. not ui kit i don't know I, I, things are definitely converging on ui kit but that feels a little uh premature but yeah, yeah i would i would put foundation in there in a heartbeat yeah. I think I'm going to have to <laughs> update all this stuff. So when will Xamarin support C-Sharp 10? <laughs> well, That's to be announced. Well, timeline. No, you know, they, they talked, you know, the, the iOS and Android for .NET 6, which is basically Xamarin support for .NET 6, right? It just the Xamarin name goes away and this becomes iOS and Android for .NET 6. Um, those will ship with .NET MAUI. So when .NET MAUI ships, basically, like they're, they're all in the same timeline at this point, but you can, you can you can upgrade them to to .NET six today. You know what I mean, and try try them out and preview. Right. I'm just trying to short circuit because uh, since current Xamarin right now uses um, um, Roslyn, yep, you can always get yourself some C sharp ten love there, mm-hmm. and just might not get all these fancy uh, project included global usings everywhere. <laughs> yes, but uh, you should be able to get uh, the rest of the C sharp ten features. And I'm pretty confident in saying that because I've already included like the C Sharp 10 Roslyn compiler into continuous. Mm. I need to uh, actually update it. I need to get it out onto the app store. But uh, they've been pretty good about doing um, pretty live uh, NuGet packages of all the betas of the compiler and everything. So while it is a headline.NET 6 feature, C Sharp 10 is technically separate from all that stuff. And so you can play around with it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So (laughs) what else do I have for you, Frank? Um, I'm looking at what else isn't done in new, uh, done in new. There is a new, uh, a few things. So we Mm -hmm. talked about blazer. We talked about, you know, done in new what's going on there. The thing that I think it's really fascinating is, Web API and ASP.NET Core in general in this new model. And this new thing called 
minimal API. You know about minimal API? Um, I've seen a bunch of tweets where they've they uh, is is this the trick of like every page on the web server is like one line of code. <laughs> That's the kind of minimum I'm thinking of. What kind of minimum are you talking about? I mean, kind of. But I mean, <laughs> if, if I look at mini- minimal API, um, if, and I'll find that there's a, there's a page out there that'll kind of give you this. Uh, have you ever used like, Express in uh, JavaScript? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, so you can write like... Um, yeah, all all your little CRUD operations, you know, the, you don't need all that scaffolding around them. They they can be two or three lines of code to create an API endpoint. That makes absolutely perfect sense. In fact, I feel like you've been able to d- get some of that. It, it was never perfect before because um, ASP.NET has had a really good routing system forever. And it was pretty easy to just basically inject your own um, either complete handler for a URL or create the middleware. The chaining I always found was a little bit complicated, uh, setting up the middleware chain and all that stuff. But uh, just subscribing to a route is pretty easy. But from what I've seen, at least on Twitter, they've gotten it down to yeah, a few lines of code to create a route, uh, a URL endpoint, and to actually process it. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you can... You can go in and you can do down a new web and that'll be like a blank ASP.NET core app that uses it by default and shows you how to sim- simply map like slash hello to say hello world. But you can also do down a new web API and then space dash minimal and that will show you how to do a minimal API one. So that's not on in the down a new web API by default. However, you can add it. And the biggest thing is that you create, you know, you 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 build up your your services. You add your endpoints. You can mix and match these, right? So you can you could add a minimal API into your existing web app, right? And and it's really nice because you, you could just say, you know, app dot map get map post map delete. You give it a, a routing endpoint, and then you give it a function. You say run this code, and it just runs the code. And I think about so many of my. Um, my sample applications and test applications that I've, I've used in, over the time, which is like getting monkeys and setting monkeys. And I have all this ceremony with the uh, different files. Like I have like a different class for monkey and I have a different monkey service. And then I have all my controllers and I have to link them all together. <laughs> now to build that application, it's a single line of code that is literally, you know, a single line, or sorry, a single file with like 50 lines of code. Because guess what? I don't need a whole class for my monkeys. It's a single line. It's called a record. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I can generate r- random monkeys in that exact you know class. I can I can create all of them automatically in an array, and then I can say app dot map get, and I return that list. And I you know it's all just right there for me. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful way of building. Because I'm not a I'm not a web person, right? So to me. This is really cool. I don't need to go figure out, oh, okay, I need to add this routing thing and I need to do this tag and I need this HTTP, you know, all this stuff. I can just say map get and, and I understand verbs and I understand how this works. And that to me is really cool. I can just map as many of them I want. And, and I don't have to magically like, oh, what is the endpoint going to be, right? Oh, well, it's slash monkeys because I wrote slash monkeys. You know, I think that to me is, someone that's not an ASP.NET developer, that's not a web developer, 
I feel like I really could come in and, and start to build some stuff. And then if I needed to grow and learn a lot more, I, I could do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and th- this style of web app is actually becoming kind of common. I don't want to take anything away from the team because this is awesome stuff. But at the same time, like if you open an Arduino project and you want to write a web server for the Arduino project, they basically say like, here's a web app and here's a route and here's the code to execute for the route. Mm-hmm. Now, where this is much better than all that stuff is how it actually, like you said, handles JSON and the return types for you automatically. I always thought it was one of the most clever features of ASP.NET, even back in the MVC days with the controllers, that the methods on the controllers didn't have to return a view. They could mm. actually return any old object, and ASP.NET would find a way to serialize that object and return it as a response. And I feel like this is um, that feature uh, turned up to 11, where they're just like, look, we've got this thing down. We know how to build web servers really well. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you a very simple API. Give us the route and give us something <laughs> something in return <laughs> yeah. and, and we'll output it and that's why i think that they say it's especially good for apis where you're just really dealing with objects you're just constantly serializing objects in and out this mm-hmm. is going to work really well for that where um you know and i, I was about to say it would fall down a little bit for when you're building like a proper website where you want a templating language but there are a lot of good dotnet templating languages out there where you can just say template dot output string and return it from one of these so this would be pretty easy for integrating your own template engine if you want it yeah i think so i think so nice i'm just i i just wanted to you know there's a bunch of other features in dotnet 6 and c sharp 10 all these new apis but I, i wanted to take just a few of them and cascade them down right see how they all sort of built i i created this narration you didn't know it frank but they all sort of built on top of each other into well, I'm a web developer now and I understand how to write 40 lines of code. Like that's, I, <laughs> I, I, I now understand how to do that. But the, the, the grace and elegance of that, I think is really, really cool. And, and like you said, it, this is a little, some people may want all the squiggles. They want all this stuff. They can do that too. That's totally fine. You know, I, I think that's whatever you want. But I really think, especially for new developers coming in or just really big projects and, and, and in, you know, for me as an in, in, uh, independent developer in my spare time, I want access to some productivity things like all those extension methods with my global usings. I don't want, I don't want to, I want to save my keystrokes. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not just a code golf thing either. Mm. Maintainability is all about, I keep saying removing cruft, but what does that actually mean? It means about seeing the important parts of the code and being able to ignore the unimportant parts of the code. Mm-hmm. When I'm writing a web app, it's really nice if I can put all the routes, all the URLs together, because then I can see what my web app actually does. And it's okay if the Lambda function actually just calls out to something called like, you know, add monkey, delete monkey or something like that. What's nice is in a really short, clean file, I can see all the routes and what they roughly do, at least what function they call. And so it's, I I think... uh, I even I was doing it earlier in the episode. I was making fun of like, do we really have to save all these characters? Because your productivity as a coder is not necessarily how many characters you have to type into the code editor. I spend most of my time just, 
you know, with my head sideways saying, huh, hmm, huh? And, you know, that's how I spend the most of my time. What all these code shortening features give you is clarity, not efficiency. And that's yeah. where I'm happy about it. Yeah, I, I, I think that you, you know, hit, hit the nail on the head there is that when I build for forever in my day, build like a data access layer. Well, what do I like about that data access layer is that I can see everything in one file, how I'm going to interact 100% with this database. And like you said, it's the same thing with my web API. Previously, I had all these different things doing a whole bunch of stuff, but now I get to see everything all in one place. I don't have to open 20 files. I open a single file. And then if I need to, I could peek into the method that's being called. And that to me, I think is, is a real game changer of what this is bringing to the table. But I still love me my MVC. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've been doing razor pages for everything. So I, I, I don't even need this. I just put a uh, at page at the top and I let the router figure it out for me. <laughs> but this is still really cute for um, definitely for APIs. Yeah. 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 We'll see how it evolves. I am stoked about everything that's coming now that I get to use it. I think that's the thing is, it, is, is sometimes I don't get to play with the new stuff too early. And this time I actually did this last week. And um, yeah, that's only just some of the features that I'm literally blown away by. So there you go. Yeah. And it's been, I, I, I was making fun of the .NET 6 preview because there, there has been a lot of previews and I get, I get worried about how many versions I have installed on my computer, but it's actually kind of fun. You can just create a global JSON if uh, you're messing around and say exactly which runtime to use. So that part of the .NET has been working out really well for me. So it's been pretty safe uh, keeping up with the .NET 6, but I still feel like there's still a lot left for me. I haven't even gotten into the platform support part of it. So yes. still a lot to discuss in the future. <laughs> yeah, there is one. I'll put this blog into the show notes, but a few weeks ago, uh, who was it? Uh, David Fowler. You know David Fowler? Mm, heard of this, this fellow. I, I see him on the Twitter. Yes. He's on the Twitter. He wrote a blog post that was called New.NET 6 APIs Driven by the Developer Community. He talked about all these brand new features in, in .NET 6 of new APIs. Now, we were talking about C-sharp language features. Um, we will have to talk about some of this later. I don't want to go into it now because I got to add this podcast and I got to go to bed, Frank. But uh, this is a great blog post because it just honestly just goes through and talks about all of this new hotness that is available um, for developers to use. So I will put that in the show notes. Note if you want to kind of spoiler alert yourself for a future episode that we'll talk about, definitely give that a look. But Frank, thank you for letting me talk about this stuff because I'm excited. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. And very apropos because I was just doing it today. So it's even on my mind. <laughs> awesome. There you go. Well, if you have a favorite feature in C-Sharp 10 or .NET 6, let us know by writing in by going to mergeconflict.fm. When you go there, you're going to find a bunch of links at the top of the page. You're going to find things like, you know, you know, uh, the Discord channel, how to contact us. Um, you can do things like, you know, subscribe to the podcast. You can share it with your friends. Uh, you can do a whole bunch of stuff. It's pretty awesome. There's a Patreon button on there. You get exclusive behind-the-scenes access to the show. We just did a really cool one uh, for all of our Patreon listeners. So give that a look. 
Um, but yeah, we'd also appreciate it if you, you know, left a review on wherever you're listening now or just tell a friend. We'd love that. But that's going to do it for this week's Merge Conflict. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.